0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: You can give yourself the best basis possible to be as healthy as possible just by planning a little bit. uh, Meal planning is is the key, I think. And enjoy food. Enjoy cooking real food. Because if you like to cook and you make cooking joyful then you're going to cook real food and then you're going
2: to be more healthy. That's a clip from today's interview with Jackie Kearney, MasterChef finalist and cookbook author. But first, catch up with myself and Molly as we talk half marathon training, vegan hospital food and review new arancini balls, vegan bacon and protein bars. If you're new to the podcast, I'm Holly Johnson and I'm editor of Vegan Food and Living. And my co-host Molly Pickering is the digital executive of veganfoodandliving.com right now do you ever do that like you put it on in the morning because it just mm. you think if I put on my gym kit then it will make me do some workouts or go for a run or
3: something Act- active wear active wear, doing have you heard that song yes like active wear doing, the doing... And... <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's me but I um I oh my god I've not even told you guess what I'm doing next year
2: uh, half marathon
3: oh god this, i'm so predictable yes i am <laughs> Are
2: you the, uh, what the london one the, the um, london
3: landmark
2: i was thinking about doing
3: that <gasps> oh my god i don't know well i am doing it but oh a bit scared running is just a bit boring isn't it i shouldn't yeah. have this ma- i shouldn't have this attitude i'm trying to get out of it because running is great and i enjoy running that is what i'm saying to myself and. I just basically really wanted a challenge that sort of inspires me to get active over like winter and Christmas, because as soon as the dark and cold days come, I am so inactive. Like I don't do any exercise, not any exercise, but like from in the summer where I'm like going for um, like walks in the day or the afternoon or the evenings or whatever, like that doesn't happen I'm not really doing like hit workouts in the house cuz it's cold and it's dark and it's miserable. Yeah. So I thought if I do this, it's in April, I have to train over the winter period.
2: I've I've done one half marathon before and it was the Bristol half about 10 years ago and um I did it in 2 hours 22 minutes. I don't know if that's good or not. I didn't train very much, but I was so excited. All I could think about was going for a meal afterwards. I was like, mm. yes, I'm going to eat this massive meal. I'm going to go a pizza. And I went to, it was like ZZ's or something. Um, and I felt a bit dizzy, went to the toilet and completely span out.
3: Oh, God, no.
2: <laughs> then we had to all leave the restaurant, me and my family. And I threw up in a nappy bag all the way home. And that's no. like my memories of it. So, you ever seen am like. No, um, Holly, no. Well, I think it's the lactic acid, isn't it? When you like suddenly stop and
3: then. It took you. Oh, two. Why did I think I was going to be able to do it in like an hour?
2: <laughs> Definitely not. No. Oh, that's bollocks. Like... Did you run the whole thing? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was. It was it, I did find it hard. Um, okay. But yeah, yeah, I pretty much I don't think <laughs> I walked at all because I was doing it with my friend who d- runs loads of marathons and she wouldn't let me walk.
3: <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, fair. So you're probably just like all the adrenaline wore off you and then you were just throwing up in ZZs.
2: burn out. Yeah. But I, yeah, I've been thinking about doing the um, London Landmarks one as well and raising Oh, my some God, money. maybe we, we should do it together, it. shall we? Yeah. yeah. And then we can track our progress on the podcast, which would be really fun and talk about. I think you know, that would be fun. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm going to do it.
3: Ah! I started doing Couch to 5k. Like I started this week.
2: Okay. Brilliant. So
3: To like ease me in because, yeah, yeah I just, I went for a run with my friend on Saturday and it was just uh, like, we run together. Wasn't any coaching like through an app or whatever. And I was just like, Oh, I kind of really need some help with this. Yeah. Um, I do
2: find it. It's easier when you're running with someone. It takes your mind mm-hmm. off things a bit.
3: Yeah and I think with like apps like that it almost feels like you are running with someone because it's like come on let's go um like a bit of extra motivation rather than you just being like I'm going to stop now.
2: Yeah. I think with what I always found with the running when I was sort of really into it when when I lived in Bristol um was that unless I did like the core work and sort of the mm. kind of um strength training alongside I would get injured and I'd get like pains and stuff so
3: yeah that's what I've been told so I'm doing two like at home hit classes a week as well
2: amazing
3: um I know this has just turned into our fitness podcast I know (laughs) we're changed women
2: we are no more talking about alcohol every week we're
3: (laughs) I know I'm not gonna lie though no and you say that you when you were running the race you were just like thinking of the meal I've already thought about going to the <laughs> pub after like <laughs> the race hasn't even it's in six months and I'm already thinking about the pub afterwards
2: brilliant well whatever gets you through it are you gonna run yeah. um, are you gonna raise some money I was thinking of maybe doing it for a vegan charity
3: yeah I'm not too sure I was thinking about maybe doing it for a food bank charity That's a good um, idea. because yeah state of the world uh, every little helps.
2: Well, anyone listening, stay tuned each week for our progress over the next 6 months. Um I don't know how I've just looped myself into that. No, I'm so
3: sorry. <laughs> By the way, we're running a half marathon. <laughs>
2: I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, talking about health and fitness, um hospital food in New York City um is going to be plant-based by default
3: I know standard
2: will be vegan food um going forwards so yeah that's news this this week or last week I think which is very exciting isn't it
3: it is exciting so I think it's in um I don't really understand like the American healthcare situations but I, cause I wrote the story on this, um, for the vegan food and living website and, um, it was something like New York hospitals and something, I think it's like a healthcare brand or whatever. Um, but they have launched this, um, like initiative. And I think earlier this year they started it by doing, um, vegan lunches as a default, they cut customers, um, customers, not customers at all, patients. <laughs>
2: <laughs> customers.
3: customers well i mean they are paying for their health care so yeah, true, they are yeah. essentially customers yeah. yeah um patients can opt for um non vegan meals but apparently it's like people have stuck with the plant based option which is good
2: absolutely brilliant because the mayor of new york city's vegan isn't he and he's a big
3: vegan. yes i think he's plant based but okay um yeah he is he's done a lot the last few years uh, i think he's sort of launched like school initiatives and stuff for like meatless Mondays and um I think vegan Fridays as well so that's really cool um it's just bizarre that hospitals don't serve healthy foods like it's, I,
2: know, I know I don't it's, understand it it just doesn't make sense so backward isn't it like you know in this in this day and age that they're serving like not even sort of it's It's not even just about the fact they're serving sort of processed meat and things like that when it is linked to cancer, yeah it's just the fact that the the whole lot of it you know white sliced bread like mm. just everything that that they seem
3: to serve is just so yeah- it's
2: just, and
3: also everything that they warn against as well it's really contradictory i yeah. think my um my nan went in a couple of weeks ago and she um she was having a tumour removed from her lung and they give her a fry-up.
2: <laughs> oh my God. I know,
3: it's bizarre. Like, it's, I understand, you know, you want people to, if they're low on energy or whatever, you know, you want them to get their calories or whatever back up, but a fry-up.
2: I mean, I'm just going to go and bang my head against the
3: wall. <laughs> I know. It's, it's really, um, it's, it's
2: really baffling. Goodness. Something we really need to campaign for. Well, I um I got in touch with um Shereen Kasam from the Plant-Based Health Professionals yes. and asked her to write a feature for the magazine Vegan Food and Living, which uh is now on sale. It's the first of the our Christmas issues. And she's re- written a brilliant article in there about um, you know, how a vegan NHS could work and the impact of it yeah. and you know, why we should be championing this. Okay, you know, yes, like you know in, in New York I think they're still offering different options aren't they mm. but having plant-based as kind of the default and then you can opt for something else is just it would be such a massive step forward and would save them
3: billions because it's just so much money like I know what you're saying about like maybe having it as plant-based as a default and then the option like that in in itself surely would just be so much better and as you say so much more cost effective mm. I understand maybe that timing like like time spent cooking the food or whatever is an issue and that's why they resort to sort of ready meals and stuff like that but I don't I just don't understand it I really yeah. really it just comes down to like a funding as well I think doesn't it but that's a whole yeah. other a ball game
2: yeah that's <laughs>
3: Let's not go down that route. (laughs) Well,
2: we've got some reviews to do this week, some exciting new products. Um, Arancini balls. Mm. Arancini. We now have this as a vegan option in Tesco supermarkets as of September 2022. Um, Sheesh have bought them out. And um, they're kind of like, they're traditionally sort of rice balls, aren't they? Um, Coated in breadcrumbs and filled with like a, a, cheesy filling
3: yeah like a creamy sort of cheesy sauce
2: yeah so this is tomato and mozzarella flavor mm-hmm. and then the foot they're the first plant-based arancini on the market and they're four
3: pounds um what did you think of them they were good i couldn't eat all of them at the same time but they were very well obviously not all of them at the same time <laughs> <Yeah. but> <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't eat the whole pack to myself <laughs> um <laughs> they were nice though i made like a nice little tomato um uh, like dipping sauce to mm. dip them in and they were really really tasty
2: yeah really yummy i mean pretty calorie dense but <laughs> really nice as a treat or if you've got people coming around you could just serve like one or two
3: yeah per just person. like a little sort of antipasti sort of thing yeah
2: yeah with some sort of healthier options on the side yeah, yeah. I, I did really like them um and another new product that's brand new is la vie bacon which is um mm. it's just arrived mm. from la France. Um, (laughs) and they've got um a lard on packs haven't they and then the strips of bacon they're about three pounds at Sainsbury's um I did look at I did compare them to this isn't bacon and they are higher in fat and lower in protein um but they are very yummy I made a carbonara again pretty calorie dense but (laughs) mainly for the kids um, and my son ate it and he didn't he didn't notice. He said is this some is this bacon? And I was like, yeah No, no, I think I <laughs> yes, think it actually is. he said is this ham? And I said, oh, "No, it's pieces of um bacon." And he went, "Oh, okay." And carried on eating it. And I was like, "Yes."
3: <laughs> oh, I love that. I really like this. Um the when cooking the bacon, the the lovely bacon, it doesn't um the rations this is. It doesn't take long at all. And it can burn if you're not looking at it because they're so thin. It's yeah. like the um, like crispy bacon rashes kind of things. Um, but yeah, I love these. I preferred them to um, like the other sort of streaky bacon, uh, vegan bacon packs that are out there. I think the other ones have a bit of a weird taste and they're a bit too, I don't know, the texture is weird, but I really like these ones.
2: Yeah, some of them give you that a bit of a, an aftertaste like they're too smoky not
3: nice kind of like yeah it just tastes quite artificial but I love these
2: yeah they're they're really good just for like having you know on a on a on a weekend or just as like an emergency meal like for me yeah with the kids it's just like oh my god I just need something quick and easy so um I know popularity of kind of um faux meats fake meats whatever you want to call them are is kind of I don't know being called into question a bit isn't it and waning perhaps a little bit I don't know I'd love to hear what um listeners think about it
3: yeah it definitely um it definitely divides people doesn't it I think um even like people that would aren't vegan and think about going vegan they say well I wouldn't eat these meat alternatives I'd just go veggie or well not veggie but um like only have like whole foods Mm. which is great and that like that's my mum's sort of attitude if I ever make her food she's just like don't put any fake meat in it she always calls it tofu as well she's like don't put any of that tofu in it
2: oh god my husband always (laughs) says tofu I'm like it's tofu Tofu. yeah yeah yeah, tofu it's
3: like (laughs) it's so annoying it's so annoying and falafel yeah yeah falafel Falafel. my mum oh that's (laughs) it He's cute, but she does my head in. <laughs> don't they all? Um, yeah, it's, it, it does divide people. I mean, I've certainly cut down the amount of fake meat that I eat. Obviously, we are very lucky to have samples sent to us frequently, so we do get to try these products, but I don't... It's not something that I eat, like, every single day. No.
0: Twice no. a day
3: sort of thing, because yeah it's too calorie dense, it's too artificial. It's not artificial, but yes, artificial in a way. Yeah. I
2: mean, it's still processed, processed. isn't it? That's but I mean, I'm compared to the meat alternatives, they're so much lower in salt and for sure and everything. So, you know, yeah, they definitely still have a place, I think. And, um, you know, if we don't live in a perfect world, sometimes you just no. want to throw a meal together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and uh, the other thing we reviewed this week, could come in handy with our um half marathon training training yeah yeah trek protein flapjacks um and they've got a whole range of flavors that are all vegan but they've got a new peanut butter flavor Mm. made with gluten-free oats the kids my kids literally like loved these they were just why are they so good they are very nice salty sweet
3: the it kind of almost seems like like white chocolatey mm. peanut butter i don't know what the sh- i i was meant to look at the sugar quantity um but they are good and um, i think it's like nine grams of protein per bar yeah so which...
2: high in protein they are fairly high in fat and sugar um but obviously peanut butter is kind of you know heart healthy fats but
3: yeah exactly um
2: exactly. <laughs> but yeah i think they're good you know you could sort of cut them up into little squares and just sort of have You know, little pieces throughout
3: the week. No. Throughout the week. (laughs) No. After
2: after each (laughs) run.
3: I ate the whole one in
2: seconds.
3: Did you? (laughs) They're so tasty. They
2: are really nice. They're just, yeah, they're just quite dense, aren't they? And filling. Mm. But if you're, yeah, yummy. They're like,
3: they're a nice sugar treat that's not too, um, Naughty,
2: yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, stick around to listen to my interview with Jackie Kearney coming up next. She's absolutely brilliant, had so much to say. Um, I could have, you know, I could have sort of run like a five hour episode with her. I think she's she's the author of um, a new book, uh, Healthy Vegan Street Food. So, we talk a lot about street food, we talk about health and nutrition, we talk about her autoimmune disease and um, healthy aging. So there's loads in this interview that everyone can get something out of. Today, we have teamed up with Cracked, the No Egg Egg, which is the world's most versatile plant-based liquid egg replacement product, which allows you to cook a range of sweet and savory recipes without actually using eggs. It's amazing. (laughs) We love that. That's right. They've actually made a plant-based egg that acts and bakes and tastes just like an egg. I mean, what a world we're living in right now, Molly. Vegan eggs is hard to crack, literally. The best bit is it's not actually an egg. It hasn't come from a chicken. No animals have been involved whatsoever, which is obviously better for them and the environment. It it comes in the form of a liquid whole egg and you can literally make anything from like egg-free scrambled eggs, omelettes, Yorkshire puddings, cakes. It's such a handy product to just have in your cupboard do you Mm. you use it a lot because I know I do
3: I I have used it and do you know what? I've actually got quite a funny story to say about this. Um, I made a tiramisu um, and I was so excited. I was like, yes, I'm going to use this snow you egg to um, make the sort of ladyfinger part of it. And the ladyfingers came out so well. They were so soft, very moist. Um, and then I was doing the cream cheese layer and I bought soft cheese instead of cream cheese. And I thought that I could sort of mask the sort of cheesy smell Um, but I couldn't. So I had tiramisu that tasted like cheese, but the lady fingers were delicious. (laughs) If you're wondering what it's
2: made from, it's made from pea protein. So it's obviously really rich in protein and it's also got added vitamin D and B12, which is brilliant. And it's free from 14 food allergens, cholesterol, and it's virtually fat free. Amazing. We love to see it. I know. It's available at Tesco, Ocado, Marks & Spencer's, booze and online from the vegan kind for £3. And um, yeah, you can find it in the chilled plant and meat substitute aisles. Uh, Each bottle is equivalent to six eggs. So it lasts you a little while and it's certified by the Vegan Society. Um, The best news is they are giving away 10 cracked the no egg egg recipe books worth 20 pounds each which contain some delicious recipes for making you know all kinds of things using this product to be in with a chance of winning a copy all you have to do is head to veganfoodandliving.com forward slash competitions and you can enter there As I said, I'm joined by Jackie Kearney today, who was a top four finalist on BBC One's MasterChef in 2011 and runner-up for Best Main Dish at the British Street Food Awards in 2012. Jackie is an award-winning author of four books, Vegan Street Food, My Vegan Travels, Plant-Based Burgers and Vegan Christmas Feasts. And Jackie teaches healthy plant-forward cookery classes at her retreat in Italy um, and her new book, Healthy Vegan Street Food, is out today. It's They've moved the date.
1: Oh, I it, know. Oh, it's okay, though. <laughs> they've only moved it till next week, and I don't know why. But yes, it's out in this week. It's, so it's like it's out, out now. It's going to oh. be out now in like
2: seven days' time. Okay. So. Oh, fantastic. Very exciting. <laughs> so how are things over in Italy, then? It sounds like an amazing lifestyle running retreat out there. I know. Um,
1: it is. I mean... it'd be very important for me to say it's not all unicorns and rainbows you know you build you're building a business it's like any business it doesn't matter where you are in the world it comes with its stresses And we've had some serious challenges this year. Well, over the years, I mean, COVID was a (laughs) major challenge, but obviously we all had that challenge, and especially the hospitality industry. So I don't like to complain about the COVID experience for us because we were at least living somewhere very, very beautiful and we weren't stuck in an apartment in a city centre. We should be opening in December, which is really exciting, but also terrifying. So keep running. I've got about eight lists that Are all like running at the same time. I keep <laughs> looking at them going, Oh, oh no, we haven't got enough dining chairs, you oh. know. We're just like panicking about what it's all going to be like, <laughs> and then um, and then we bring all the teachers in. So, because people say to me, Oh, do you teach yoga? and it's like, No, yeah. I like doing yoga, but I don't teach it. So, we bring in like um, a yoga teacher, and we have a breathwork instructor, which hopefully we'll talk a little bit more about breathwork later, because I just feel that's a super important thing for wellness. Yeah, it sounds really simple. Like we've got to learn to breathe and to breathe deeper and to breathe in the way that we need to heal ourselves a little bit more. You know, I think there's a lot more evidence now, thanks to um, Wim Hof and the like teaching us you know, to breathe. I'm just even slowing my breath now. I'm breathing a bit more deeply. <laughs> Conscious breathing. That's
2: what we all need. We do. Yeah. Things are, you know, <laughs> we're living in a pretty stressful world right now, aren't we? So I think, yes. you know, um, we, need, we need to sort of adopt some of these habits just to kind of get us through these crazy times. I think so. And I
1: think people have felt it more since COVID. I think people have, you know, having that pause of a huge pause of time mm. allowed a lot of people to reflect on what they did as a job it allowed people to see some space in their life for their family to spend time with their family and people made changes I think coming out of COVID in the way that they worked more homeworking more flexible right. working and all those are, are like silver linings for sure um, but I do think There's also a huge amount of rising pressure now because of the financial crisis. And it's creating a lot of more stress for people. And stress is so destructive to us. You know, we're going to talk about healthy food. But, you know, stress is like this huge, huge factor of this impact that it has on our our bodies. Um, Our bodies do weird things when they're under stress. Yeah. It's um, it's quite scary really.
2: Yeah, it is. I know. Yeah, it's certainly, like you said, we're talking a bit, but certainly impacted me. And I know it's, you know, perhaps impacted you in the past.
1: Yeah, I think it's what brought me here, really.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Run away. Run (laughs) away to the mountains. (laughs) Oh, bless you. Well, tell us about, you know, your story then. So how did you get into cooking? Because you obviously, you know, got a real passion for it
1: oh yeah i've I've always been passionate about food, even as a child. I was always stood on the stool next to the cooker, doing some cooking, and I think becoming a vegetarian in the early to mid eighties it was such a you know there was only really Linda McCartney who was doing stuff at the time or it was just starting at that point really, and limit there was a lot of limitations for either eating out if I went out with my family for dinner or when I left home quite young um, there really wasn't that much choice and there wasn't the choice in the supermarkets either so I had to learn to cook because I liked food and I was like I'm, I'm hungry I want something more to eat than just some grilled veggies I want them to be more exciting than that I mean don't get me wrong I love grilled vegetables but give me a chimichurri sauce on top you know yeah. it was like, <laughs> I want flavor. I, flavor I love flavor I love sour I love hot and spicy and um, tangy and I love savoury flavours so that drove me into wanting to cook and um, I was very very passionate about cooking I used to play um, in my little in my little bedsit when I was like 17 I used to play ready steady cook and open the cupboard and to see what I had in the cupboard and there might be like four things because I was quite poor and I'd be like, right, what can I make out of this? And um yeah, and that's it sort of grew from there. But I didn't get much support from my family in the idea of being a cook or a chef. Um, if anything, they really looked down on it. You know, my dad really disapproved. Um, so I just followed the usual path of, you know, went into education and I um I did ended up doing a master's degree. Um in applied research and I worked as an academic researcher for 18 years in the NHS and academia Um, and it was during that it was at the end of that time that I decided we'd gone traveling as a family and we took a gap year a family gap year and it was when I took a step back I thought I really want to do this for a living I, I want to know if I'm good enough to do this for a living like can I do this at 40 You know, is this going to be possible? And that's how I sort of stepped into the MasterChef arena. You know, I very much, you know, I remember very clearly John Turow saying to me, why are you here? And I said, because I want to know if I'm good enough to do this for a living. And he was Mm. like, really, like, you know what you're coming in to do. And I was like, yeah, I don't hate my job. I'm not here because I hate my job. I love my job. I'm here because I really, really want to know, can I cook for other people, you know? And it turns out that I could. (laughs) So and I love it. I love it. It gives me a fire in my belly. It, It gives me joy to feed other people. You know, it's like my love language for my family and for this is what I love about the retreat is being able to cook for a small number of people in a really high quality way and teach them about vegan food. Although we use the term plant forward because we don't want to put anybody off from coming to the retreat. Now, obviously, I know the listeners are going to be like, we don't mind if it's got the label vegan. But (laughs) I believe that if we're going to engage the omnivores in stepping away from the meat, we have to use like open language that doesn't terrify them and make them think, "Oh no, she's going to make me just eat celery and drink yeah every day." So, I mean, you can just eat, you can just drink juices every day if you want to hear, but um, I, I just, I want that kind of language to really bring the bring people in to eating in this way. This is the, this is what I feel like my, uh, I feel like this is what my path is. To introduce people to eating really good food and then think, wow, this tastes amazing. I love it. You know, yeah. I could eat this at home. And then doing the cookery lessons is paired with that to be able for them to go home and think, I can do this at home. I can make this really tasty food at home for my family. And if that means that somebody's going to eat plant based and vegan a couple of times a week from not doing before, I mean, the impact on the planet and for all of us and on farming would be huge.
2: Yeah, I think the term um, vegan still scares people a little bit, doesn't it? What was it like yeah. being on on MasterChef then? I thought it was a bit nerve-wracking. Um, hugely nerve-wracking, hugely nerve-wracking and
1: really stressful. Um, even though I absolutely loved it, absolutely. I loved, loved, loved it. Um, but I didn't realise the stress it took on me until afterwards. Um, I got so... I did get caught up in it and, you know, you just want to go as far as you can. And yeah. at that time, no vegetarian had ever gone that far in the competition. No, no vegetarian or vegan had ever made it past the first round. So it's so like extra
2: pressure, isn't it?
1: I of did press. feel an like extra pressure, yeah. actually. And then when I made vegan dishes, which I did a couple of times, I felt even more pressure, you know, especially from like quite a traditional judge like Greg, yeah he's quite traditional in his food you know John's a lot more open to I remember cooking tempeh for the first time and John was like me and John were chatting about tempeh and he was talking about dishes he had in Australia because obviously with it's having its origins in Indonesia it's it's huge in Australia it's it's a quite a everyday food for for people veggies and vegans to be eating whereas at the time here well in the uk it was kind of oh what's that you know and i always felt like it was a bit of an uphill struggle with greg that to to sort of win him over yeah it was it was there are things that happened that were unbelievable like learning to make pastry from michelle Rue senior um meeting otolenghi Yotum otolenghi i mean Yotum is honestly one of the dearest chefs I've ever met very kind and sweet Alexis Gautier who actually is now runs a vegan restaurant in Soho doesn't he Gautier Soho and they made that place completely vegan and he was so lovely to me and you know, I knew there was something different about him. And then a couple of years later, he switched to Soho to being fully vegan. Nice, and I thought, nice, I nice. always liked him, you yeah. see. I <laughs> always liked him. Very open-minded chef, very sensitive soul. Um, so I met some of these amazing chefs and learned some incredible things from them. Um, and I made some very dear friends as well. You know, some of my friends who I've made during, not just the competition when I was in it, but since... Um, I actually managed the MasterChef Street Food Bus for a year uh together with Matt Follis. And um, um occasionally um we, they would switch it out. So it would be myself and Natalie Coleman or myself and Pink Coombs, and I got to know them as well, and we became really good friends. Like Natalie's one of my best friends now, even though we weren't even in the competition together so yeah it's it was a it was a great um and Tim Anderson, I feel like people like that, I wouldn't have met them in my everyday life because yeah. of our age difference, you know, I'm quite a bit older than the young guns, so um, I feel yeah really really privileged that I had that opportunity and exposure um it was a bit of a shame about how I stopped being a guest judge that, that always does niggle me slightly if I'm completely honest, but you know, I got a lot of backlash, really. I was caught between a rock and a hard place because they would invite me back as a guest judge. And then some people would complain because they would say, how can she be a judge when she's not eating the meat and fish? Mm. And then other people would complain, saying we hate her because she's eating her vegetables off a plate that's got meat and fish on it. Oh, and, and I was like, and I remember at the time thinking you all are being mean. And yeah. Yeah break here and I just want to be at least a representative here of people who don't eat meat and yeah. fish you know or uh, you know I, it was just it was it was a difficult situation to be in and then you've got newspapers like The Sun running horrible articles about you um in the uh, you know glorifying the backlash it kind of it was good to step away from it I think at that time mm. then and to you know, things have really changed now though. I feel, um, I do feel we've made a lot of progress, um, with people's, the way people eat, people's choices in what they eat. You know, we get less of a hard time now when we step into a restaurant and we say, have you got plant-based dishes? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like since I've gone gluten-free, I've kind of upped the awkwardness again. and I don't mean to, you know, it's just a bit, it's really, um, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit tricky, really. That's my dog, um, <laughs> my local dog chatting in the background, by the way. He's a giant schnauzer and he's very, very talkative.
3: Oh, bless
2: him. Well, your new books um, obviously focuses on street food. And that's obviously a big yeah. passion of yours, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I, I know street food is, you know, really popular with our listeners and also readers of the magazine. What are the, some of the standout recipes then in the book? Because I mean, I just love street food. I could eat that literally morning, day, and night for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, I think with street food that you might get on the British streets, um, I do think there's a tendency to veer towards fried food. Which um, and, and and I'm not saying it isn't the same in Asian street food. You know, if you were, if you were, if I were on a back soy in Bangkok the chances are that I'm going to have some kind of rice batter deep fried vegetable with some delicious dipping sauce um, yeah. you know um and I think that's partly what this book for me was about was bringing to the fore more street food inspired dishes that were more naturally healthful so yeah. stepping away from the fried food a little bit um and so for me some of those and, and also just using as much adaptable ingredients as possible because the thing about street food the basic tenets of street food are that it's seasonal that it's accessible which also makes it affordable you know and so by having recipes that you can adapt to those things or that are easy things to always have in so one of the recipes I absolutely love and I make probably every other week are the harabara green cutlets with a kishu kachumba chat so oh, wow. basically, they're like these little they're like these little potato spiced um patties, like little cutlets, but they're made with sweet potato and super greens, so they've got kale and spinach and peas in them, and peas and spinach you can always get frozen that's one of those great things, isn't it that we yeah. all have in the freezer and um and it and it blends all those up together with some beautiful herbs and spices to make these little little uh, patties like little cutlets and i bake those and right. then um and it's served with a kind of um a kachumba which is like a chopped salad but i i use toasted cashews and chat powder to give it like spices and pomegranate seeds so it's got all these superfoods in it these you know lots of protein sweet potatoes are anti-inflammatory lots of greens it's not fried um, it's absolutely delicious and it's so satisfying you have a big dollop of coconut yogurt and um, I did the nutritional analysis on it and I was like this is such a, a complete dish to eat yeah. and it ticks all the boxes of everything and it tastes so good and it's really easy to make so that's one that I would definitely direct people to make first of all because you you can make it in advance and then have it as a as a a starter or a small plate for if you're cooking for friends and honestly you would really wow them with it it is it's all my friends who I cook it for are like a lot of them do say to me i don't normally like sweet potatoes yeah <laughs> uh, which i'm a bit like that about yeah you know? same because it i know they're good for me they're good yeah. for you they're anti-inflammatory and then that, and then you kind of go oh <laughs> I wish I liked it more than I did.
2: You know? That so, sounds an incredible dish. I oh Yeah, I'm
0: dreaming of yeah, that it's, right it's, now. It's,
1: it's dreamy. It's really super tasty. And then another dish that I'd really recommend, and I actually made it the weekend for some friends, is it's in the Sri Lanka section, and it's the garlic curry, the Sri Lankan garlic curry. Now, that, again, sounds quite overwhelming. And if you looked at the photograph, you'd think, woof, that's a lot of garlic, you know. And in the recipe, it's like... <laughs> you know 45 to 50 garlic cloves and you think oh my gosh right yeah so you think wow what a lot of garlic but the way that it's cooked and the flavors that it's cooked with it becomes this incredible sticky and sweet and spicy deliciousness that you can just scoop up with some paratha or a little coconut roti um and it was actually served to us we got married in Sri Lanka and it was served to us as part of our wedding banquet And I remember being so blown away with it. And I always wanted to, I I remember wishing I'd put it in my first book. So then this time around, I was like, that is going in this book because, you know, garlic's so good for us and it's such a healthy dish and it's super easy to make. Like you can make it with your eyes closed. And, you know, you can, it's once you've got your garlic peeled, I mean, it's in the pan in five or 10 minutes the main prep is just peeling like that many garlic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just YouTube, some of the hacks, there are some hacks for doing that. So I would highly recommend, although and I do believe certain big supermarkets now sell peeled garlic in bags, oh, okay. in, I saw that in um, the last time I was home in Sainsbury's actually. And I was like, ah, cause a lot of restaurants buy garlic peeled already. right? So, and now I think it's, it's leaking into the domestic market because yeah. people, it's, it's very handy to have a little well, bit yeah. of peeled garlic. We're you all know.
2: so short on time, aren't we? Let's face it. So, yeah. Which is, we need, this is why we need dishes as well.
1: I like to think that this book has got a real range of dishes. It's got dishes that you can make in 15 to 20, maybe 30 minutes at the most to be on the table. Um, and you need that for the middle of the week because being healthy does mean eating real food and eating real food means we have to do some prep and being veggies and vegans and plant forward people and people who really try to, you know, I've got friends who they might still eat the occasional bit of fish, but they eat vegan for six days a week. And it means you've got, you're going to have to get your apron on and get in that kitchen. And who's got the time to spend two hours a day cooking.
0: Yeah, I know I
1: don't, you know, so I think it's really important to have like quick recipes And then like project recipes, I like to call them, you know, the ones at the weekend where you'd like hang out in the kitchen for a few hours and make make a little banquet for yourself. So I think one of my standout dishes for like a super quick dish is uh, the southern style bamboo shoot curry, which um, is a kind of um, creation that came from my head based on this little cafe that I used to go in on this Thai island and the lady used to make it for me because she knew I didn't eat I didn't want fish sauce and I didn't want meat or fish so she'd make me this bamboo shoot and tofu curry and it was so good and so one day I just watched her making it and I was like I don't know and I tried to find out of her does it have a name and she seemed to think it didn't have a name and it was just it was just her <laughs> creation for me. So, anyway, I've recreated it for the book, and it can be on the table in twenty minutes. Oh, amazing! So, which is which is absolutely you know that's that's absolutely. Um, my husband's just taking the dog outside. <laughs> I can, he's singing in the background to you. So yeah, he's um, it's it's you know having dishes like that, having twenty minute dishes, thirty minute dishes that are satisfying, that are going to satisfy you. Also, I'd be nutritionally balanced. I think we've got to raise the bar on that now with mm. vegan cooking. We yeah. can't be lazy about this stuff because, you know, if you're a young vegan, if you're in your early 20s, you can get away with so much. And I know this because I was once a very unhealthy, early 20 something vegetarian who used to eat far too much dairy, didn't really have a balanced diet, you know. Um, and that's when I became interested in vegan food was in my 20s because it was just every option was cheese. And I was like, no one should be eating this much dairy. This was long before we talked about dairy farming and the impact of that on the environment. Mm. I was thinking, this isn't good. This is not good for us. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out I'm lactose intolerant. So it's probably my body <laughs> trying to tell me something. So um, yeah, once that started to happen, it was like, you know, you you start to really think about, the 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 balance of the food that you're eating and whilst it's great that all of us choose not to eat these different products because of for whatever reasons it might be for the love of animals it might be for the environment and it might just be because we want to do what research tells us is the best thing for our body because you know there's an unequivocal fact that a plant-based diet is the best thing you can do for your cardio health Mm -hmm. i once heard this statement that said Uh, have you ever met our cardiologists? Uh, There's two kinds of cardiologists, vegan ones, and those who haven't read the research. (laughs) And I love that quote. I love that quote. It's like, it's evidence-based, you know, but if we're going to talk about the evidence-based, we've got to think about, this is my old background of work. You see, I used to work in evidence-based practice. We've got to look at What do we need more of? What do we really need to concentrate when we're making our food, making sure we're eating a variety of colors of food, really colorful food, really varied food, not eating the same thing all the time, because it's easy when you're tired to fall into the same dishes all the time and then you're not getting the variation. And as people who don't eat meat and fish and don't eat dairy, you've got to make sure you're getting those nutrients. You know, you need to take a supplement for B12. That's the fact of the matter. You know, you can't ignore these things. Now, you can ignore it when you're in your early 20s and your body probably will let you get away with it. But then you get to our age and I'm even a little (laughs) bit older than you and your body goes, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. You know, And, and, and what we don't want to see is in 10, 20 years' time, 30 years' time, all those of us who made these choices having higher rates of other things like problems with dementia, problems with um, Alzheimer's, you know, these kinds of things that we know are linked to certain nutritional things. You know, the B vitamins is super important. I couldn't, I can't get that point enough across. I know most educated vegans know it, but new vegans might not. Or if you're in your twenties and you're still kind of, yeah, vegan junk food, because we're all I'm, don't get me wrong, I wrote a whole book on it. I love vegan <laughs> junk food. But we can't eat that all the time. No. Because it's really bad for us. In the same way any junk food's bad for us. Exactly. You know? yes. So we've got to take a balanced approach, I think. And we've got to like really take care of ourselves.
2: Because
1: we're not going to be able to fight the the vegan cause and get people eating vegan food if we if we're all looking like healthy, you know, and living (laughs) off fried food and
2: sweet potato fries. (laughs) Health, health is so important. I think you're right. We kind of all think we're a bit invincible, don't we, in our 20s and 30s and and having just hit well (laughs) hit 43 last year the end of last year and it does yeah things do seem to change don't they don't they just it's a bit of
3: a wake-up call going into it
1: isn't it (laughs) and then I hate to tell you this Holly oh no no. there's another there's another step when you go into your 50s and then you're like oh oh (laughs) hang on a minute hang on a minute I'm not so happy about this now what's going on I'd just like to wake up one day where my joints don't hurt please oh gosh I don't like (laughs) it I I don't like it I don't like this aging business but that's one of the reasons like I you know myself and my husband we chose to come here to do this retreat because I believe that um you live different phases in your life. You know, you have your your young teens and your 20s and your 30s, that's one particular phase. And you might be very career focused. You might be very active socially. Then you might have your child raising years if you choose to have children and a family. And that's a different kind of focus. And now I believe that when you go into your 50s and older, that's another phase of your life. And that actually, you know, the Japanese are very more attuned to doing this, which is where, you would adapt your lifestyle to fit with that part of your age. And mm. um, for us, we wanted to be working in a way that supports our aging health in the best way possible. And that doesn't mean sitting at a desk no. for 50 hours a week, 40 hours a week, never move not moving enough, you know, yeah. all these kinds of things. These are really bad as you as you start to age. So for us, doing this, it gives us better options. We're much more active than most 50 year old, 50 yeah. something. I'd like I wish I was 50. Um, <laughs> but we're much more active than most 50-somethings, and that's hopefully gonna serve us well. You know, I do Pilates every day, I get on my mat every day, I do yoga and Pilates. Um, my husband's like does quite a physical job now, so we're both in pretty good shape, I think, for mm. for, for our age, you know, and and um and we can adapt our working to suit being like older people and not at a desk all the time you know I don't think my body could take that actually now if I I just had to be at a desk all the time yeah well they say it
2: it takes like uh, I think I saw a quote somewhere that kind of sitting is the new smoking you know it takes about five years (gasps) off your life and it's kind of
1: like (laughs) that actually doesn't surprise me
2: my son has just joined the corporate
1: world after leaving university and um he was really pleased to inform me the other week that he's got himself a stand-up desk.
2: Right, you know?
1: yeah. So I think we've got to take on this, you know, we know more now than we knew when I was 20 and working in an office. We didn't even have somebody assess the ergonomics of our desk. No. We all ended up with repetitive strain. We had bad backs, you know, and it's like you, you've you got to, if you take care of the sooner you take care of it, the better you're going to feel when you're older. And there's no reason... I want to go into our aging and being older, healthy. I still want to travel. I still want to have adventures. I've just bought myself a stand-up paddleboard. Oh, fantastic. I have goals. (laughs) I have goals of reaching Albenga Island on my paddleboard one day. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I want to still have those adventures. I want Mm. to still backpack around Southeast Asia. I want to do the things that I love. I don't want those doors to close on me. So I'm very driven to take really good care of myself Mm. and part of that definitely comes from having this autoimmune disease you know that's was a big wake-up call for me really
2: um so what happened uh, with that then tell us tell us what happened yeah I
1: I was um I was running my business my street food business and I just started to feel really really unwell and I actually thought it was stress Mm
0: -hmm. so I
1: didn't go to the GP like a bit of an idiot, really. I thought, oh, it's just stress. I'll meditate my way out of this. So I started (laughs) practicing my meditation every day thinking, well, this is weird. It's not getting better. And that's when I knew something was quite wrong because I wasn't normally, you could do those kinds of practices and it would calm. Like I felt anxious all the time. I was having heart palpitations and I just felt really, really unwell. And then and then my hands and feet started to feel like they were filled with lead and um i was on my driving the trailer my um barbarella my old airstream kitchen back from Jamie's big festival and i couldn't see properly uh, out of one of my eyes and i pulled into the service station and i saw that one of my eyes had like really exploded and was pushing out of its socket so i thought oh no The stress of doing all of this has given me a brain tumour. That was my first reaction. And I went to the GP and my GP was like, no, Jackie, you haven't got a brain tumour. You've got a thyroid disease. And I was like, but that's not where my thyroid is. My thyroid's here, not in my eyes. But it's apparently the tissue around your eyes is identical to the tissue on your thyroid. So when that becomes inflamed, your eyes can also become inflamed. And there are actually, um, there's a number of autoimmune diseases that affect the thyroid, but the two main ones that mostly affect women and often women who are in their late thirties and forties, which I was at the time, um, you can end up with either an overactive or an underactive thyroid. And it's, it's being driven by the production of antibodies in your system. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so um, I found out that I have what's called Graves disease, which is my body produces the Graves antibodies which attack my thyroid and make it hyperactive, which wastes muscle off my body, which is why I started to feel really weak and it, they attack, and it attacks my eyes. So I've been in treatment now for 11 years. I've had some periods of remission. I've had three eye surgeries um, and I'm currently on a new drug protocol. It's not new in the world. It's just new for me. Yeah. Um, and I have a new consultant at the wonderful Salford Royal. And I'm just really hoping that this works this time for me and stabilizes the disease. Um, But what I did find was that how I took care of myself really affected the disease and the the symptomatic responses that I would have. So I started to notice certain foods aggravated it and certain foods were better. So when I started eating... More in anti-inflammatory foods when I when I started controlling my glucose response. So I'm not saying I don't eat sugar. I do eat sugar. I do eat sweet foods, but I'm a bit of a glucose goddess fan, actually. Um a big believer that you can flatten that glucose response a little bit by the order that you eat food, which is basically how the Italians and French eat. It's why they're not fat, apparently. Okay. Um, It's the order in which you eat your food. So if you you sit down to have a meal and they bring bread to the table, don't just eat the bread straight away. Make sure you eat your salad, your antipasta with your grilled vegetables or maybe some raw veggies first, maybe some protein like some nuts um, first and then you have your carbohydrates. And what it does is it changes your body's response to um, the sugars and glucose curve becomes flattened. And it means you um, don't have as much, you don't create these cells in your body that that that, that you, you create this response in your body that goes bouncing around, bashing into cells and damaging them. So by flattening the glucose curve, it just, it's very, it's much less inflammatory on the system. Um, and then of course, the other thing that the French and Italians do is they take a little walk after dinner, which apparently is now evidence is showing that that's a huge thing to do. If you, uh, when you finished eating, sort of within thirty or forty minutes of finishing your meal, just even if it's ten minutes, just take a little walk or move around. Just move your body for ten minutes. Um, it has a huge impact on how your body processes all the food you've just had, and that's why you should always have your dessert at the end of the meal um, because your body's again, it's like going to be something sweet, so. And and they say this is the reason that Italians and Mediterranean people are slim is because they eat in this way. So there's a lot of evidence around that now, a lot of research being done to show how we can uh, better structure the food we eat and the order in which we eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't eat gluten. So but I, I, the thing you've got to be very careful of if you cut out any food group, but particularly something like gluten, which is where it's It's where all the grains are, it's where all the fiber is, and fiber is one of the biggest protective factors for bowel disease for protecting you against heart disease and coronary illnesses. so you know if you decide like I have or you find that you eat better not having gluten in your diet, you have to make sure that you're getting lots of fiber elsewhere, so I eat loads of quinoa, I eat loads of like brown rice and black rice and red rice I eat um I eat other grains, you know, like yeah. uh, millet and, and sorghum and um, oats. Uh, you know, I, I just make sure I have lots of other fiber in my diet. And um, I think this is, you know, this is my uh, um, passion where healthy foods concerned is. We can't have the NutriBabble. We can't have people telling us nonsense stuff or you know these fad diets. This isn't about fad diets. This is just about. Like having some really naturally healthy recipes that that, that aren't difficult to make, that embrace the foods that we know are really good for us and making them into something super tasty that's going to make us feel great. You know, that's Mm going to give us good energy, that's going to be sustainable energy, that we're not getting that slump in the middle of the day. Because as vegans and people who eat vegan food can sometimes the way that we eat carbs, it can make us quite sleepy. I found, you know, yeah. if I was having not enough protein and healthy fats, but I'm really lucky now. I live in like the, one of the blue zones, the olive oil capital Amazing. of the world, the <laughs> Victoria. So I'm definitely not sure on my healthy fats now, but I really encourage people to make sure you get yourself a really good quality extra virgin olive oil. You will be doing yourself the biggest favor, making sure that you have that Get it into your dressings on your salad. Mm. Add it to things at the end of cooking as well, because when you cook with extra virgin olive oil, it changes the structure a little bit. Yeah. So the the key is, and this is because Italians do this. This is where I pick this up off. So you make yourself a delicious risotto, and then you've got this beautiful risotto. It's all cooked and all creamy and lovely, and because you've used Carnaroli rice, and all the gluten's come out of that, and the 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 car uh, the what you call it the starch has come out and made it like nice and creamy but then add a slug of olive oil at the end once it's come off the stove and mix that into it I put olive oil in my smoothies wow to make yeah I put a tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil in that because okay. raw extra virgin olive oil is going to give you those omega-3s that you need because there's other things you don't eat have got that in Yeah, and we need to balance that we get that fat balance right you know um so it is it's about getting healthy you know this this healthy eating it shouldn't be complicated it should be kept as simple as possible that we eat nutritious food whole food not saying don't have a treat of junk food and sweet food but make sure it is a treat you know most of the time if you eat plant-based whole food most of the time you're going to be well on the way to being a healthy person, you know? And I think it's just making sure that those foods are balanced. So it's like complex carbohydrates, good amount of protein, good amount of healthy fat. Don't shy away from fat. This low fat nonsense of the seventies and eighties that me and my mother grew up with, (laughs) it's not the way to go. You know, I remember all that stuff, you know, and they were like, low fat this, low fat that. (laughs) Like no wonder I ended up with Graves' disease. I was lactose intolerant eating far too much cheese and not enough healthy fat. And now <laughs> I'm like completely the opposite. I, I'm like, I'm so much healthier yeah. since I gave, stepped away from the dairy. And actually, I think a lot of people would find if they had bec- gone onto a vegan diet and then they tried to eat dairy, it would probably make them a bit ill. Yeah. It's not something we're meant to eat. I really, I actually do believe that I don't think we're meant to eat dairy. I think no. I don't, I think we're all lactose intolerant. We just force our bodies to accept it. Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's um, yeah. So it's it's just yeah. I've I've used diet to to not miraculously cure myself. I'm not shouting that line out because that's unfair on anybody who's unwell and has a chronic disease, and it's not realistic. Mm. But you can give yourself the best basis possible to be as healthy as possible just by planning a little bit. It's, it's, uh, meal planning is, is the key, I think. You yeah, just definitely. Yeah. Bit, what you eat and, and then you you know you're going to get and take a few supplements. People know what they need to take, you know, because yeah. we all know what it is we eat on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's that's just the key, really. And enjoy food. Enjoy cooking real food. Because if you like to cook and you make cooking joyful – then you're going to cook real food and then yeah. you're going to be more healthy, you know.
2: Well, Jackie, you've been absolutely amazing. I mean, you've, you've sort of shared so many tips there with us and I'm definitely going to try the eating, the kind of veg and everything and salad first and then the carbs try it. and then try going for it. a little walk. So I'm going to start doing that the next and week. And see how, how your feel. energy is. Yeah. Just,
1: um, check your energy afterwards and you'll notice, oh, actually, I feel less that slump you know that afternoon slump especially with your lunchtime meal yeah if you do that you won't get that afternoon slump you know okay
0: um, yeah. and it
1: really works you know um but yeah i recommend that one okay and check well, out the goddess goddess actually she's got some really good advice on that
2: Brilliant. and um, there's a lot of these
1: glucose teachers out there at the moment so
2: yeah and yeah, anyone listening as well, give it a go and um, email us at uk and let us know how you feel after trying out Jackie's <laughs> tips. Um, and yeah, don't forget the Healthy Vegan Street Food um, book by Jackie Kearney is out now. So go and track that down. And um, yeah, I can't wait to try some of those recipes. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Really hope you enjoyed listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a review on your platform of choice. Next week, we're joined by the Plant-Based Health Professionals to talk all things menopause for Menopause Awareness Month.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.